You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Fine. Busy. Busy. Busy as always. But, uh, boy, the Alabama sports schedule is also busy. Gymnastics, baseball, softball, football, spring practice, and quite a bit of basketball going on about right now. There is a lot of basketball. It sounds like Skyline will win their first girls uh, state championship as I'm riding down the road. I'm, I, I'm not calling games day. Uh, for three straight days, I called four games a day. And my vocal cords doesn't be worn out. <laughs> Understandable. You were grinding, as our football players call it, grinding. Yeah, I was grinding, and I got to grind tomorrow. I've got to call uh, the two A state championships for both the boys and the girls. And it's going to be Lynette taking on midfield. I, you know, I know a lot of Alabama fans wish it was Lynette taking on Calhoun, but uh, it is what it is. Um, if you missed the podcast earlier in the week, I talked about J.D. Davidson, how impressed I was with him. And I will get to call him next week in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game. So nice. that is happening. That's going to happen. That's going to be in Montgomery. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. It's not a banner year for players in the state of Alabama. I can say this. Another guy I called yesterday was uh, Keyshawn Murphy for Ramsey. Now, he's huge. He is – He he. he got sort of a DeMarcus Cousins type body, at least a lower body. His upper body isn't as developed. DeMarcus Cousins had, you know, Atlas-like shoulders, uh, even in high school. He looked like a – he was a freak of nature. Still is. Sean Murphy stayed. Can he be sick? He didn't have one dunk. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't know if you're stunned or. Yeah, I was a little stunned. I mean, basically. He had uh, one with block. Des- with that description, it's, it's it's almost a little confusing. Like, dude, dude didn't show up. Or I guess you just never know. I mean, not, even LeBron doesn't, doesn't do the triple-double every night. No, well. I'm- Okay, that's true, but LeBron dunks every night. <laughs> I would say I mean, it's unusual. I'd say it's unusual for LeBron to play a game and not get a dunk. And, and you know, again, I, it's one of those things where you see him come on the court, and I'm calling the game with an Auburn fan, and he and I both together are like, man, I, I hope Alabama and Auburn didn't screw this up because, you know, neither one of them really pursued him apparently. And right. I think in the end he's – He's going to Mississippi State, and that's fine. He may turn out to be all world. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to badmouth him in the least. I just right. The, I, I, I expected a lot, and I didn't get a lot. I mean, um, Ramsey lost the game too, um, and they they had some really good athletes. Ramsey had some had some very nice athletes, but uh, they, you know, it just. It never came to fruition for him. I, I was I was shocked at how inactive he was around the basket. In fact, he he spent a lot of time like 
mid-range jumper wise and and even beyond the arc I think he even shot a three if I remember right um it's hard to remember because all these games sort of run together but the only reason I'm bringing it up is because he is what many people would consider you know one of the top two or three prospects in the state of Alabama this year and I just didn't I wasn't wowed now next week at the Alabama Mississippi All-Star game he may destroy him he might this is the only chance I've seen seen him play but right. um, I, from this one game, I'm kind of like, okay, I see why he wasn't more highly coveted. Because if he walks in the door and you're a basketball <laughs> coach, you're like, okay, I want to know who his dad and mom are so that we can talk about scholarships. <laughs> Some kids just look the part, man. Yeah, and, um, it's, you know, it's one of those things that every year – by the way, Fife beat um, Montgomery Catholic. And Montgomery Catholic, uh, T.J. Dudley, made the all-tournament team. He only had eight points and six boards, I think. But it was a low-scoring game. Uh, Fife beat Montgomery Catholic for a state championship in football. They beat him for a state championship in basketball. If you're Montgomery Catholic, you've got to feel a little cursed right now by Fife. Did uh, T.J. Dudley, would you describe him physically as uh, thinner than you would have guessed? Or is this a pretty thick-built kid? Well, I know he's pretty thick built, but I didn't get to call him in any of his games. I, I was at work today. Uh, my buddies called the game today. And um, so I didn't get to call TJ Dudley, but I've seen him play football. I called him in the Champions Challenge last year. And uh, I, there were times in that Champions Challenge game he really showed out. There were some other times I felt like he disappeared when uh, he reminded me a lot of Deontay Lawson. When I called him in the state championship game as a junior, there were times he just wasn't around. But then a light came on his senior year, and I suspect that's going to be the kind of same thing for um, T.J. Dudley. I'm really looking forward to uh, to, to seeing T.J. Dudley perform as a senior because I think he's going to have a really nice year. Montgomery Catholic's going to be good next year. They're going to be really good. I like Dudley. Rumored to be committing to Alabama soon. I think it could be another year, Luke, where – where of the four, you, you got to assume Alabama's going to take four linebackers in this class. I wouldn't be surprised to see if three or all four came from Alabama. You could build a great SEC linebacking unit with in-state kids. You could use Robert Woodyard and uh, TJ, uh, you know, TJ Dudley inside, and you could use uh, Jeremiah Alexander and Shamar James outside. And boom, you, you've got a really athletic, really good group made up of nothing but the in-state kids. So it'll be interesting to see if Alabama goes in that direction. But as we know, Alabama has a lot of reach. Alabama likes to fish in the biggest ponds. And uh, there could be a five-star or two from Texas or Florida or Georgia or somewhere else that, that, that Alabama takes instead. But, but uh, all four of those in-state guys would be excellent takes. Jimmy, let's take a break. I'm going to record some live reads later because I have no idea what live reads I'm supposed to be doing. So y'all stay tuned through these live reads and, and go visit our sponsors. All right, Jimmy. Um, let's talk a little bit about Bama, Georgia tomorrow. I was I did a show today. Another thing I did today was, uh, you know, besides uh, Locked on Bama and besides the AHSA championships and besides having four children, one of them who has a birthday today, he turned 11. And besides uh, going to work at Robinson Iron, uh, I did the Auburn Blitz today at lunch. <laughs> so I've done a, just done a little bit of stuff. Um, 
and we were talking about the SEC schedule for tomorrow, our Saturday, which whenever the hell you're listening to this. And um, Alabama, of course, plays at Georgia. I'm going to probably miss most of the first half because I'll be calling the state championship games. But uh, I'm predicting, Jimmy, Georgia to beat Alabama and maybe handily because I can't imagine that Alabama is going to come out with a lot of enthusiasm after beating Auburn Tuesday an emotionally draining game. I mean, our seniors are all crying. Uh, Nate, the managers are crying. Brian Passink, I think, was crying. Everybody's crying. You know, it just took a lot out of us. And Georgia, meanwhile, is – they're at least on the precipice of the bubble. They're, they may not be on the bubble yet, but they're, they're near enough to the bubble where a win over a sixth-ranked Alabama team is going get, to get them noticed. Right. No, for all those reasons, I think those are excellent reasons to pick an upset. Uh, it's sort of, if you think about it, the ideal sandwich game. I think when, when I define what's a sandwich game, uh, I start with, well, is it on the road? And it is. Uh, is it against someone who is better than you think? You know, someone that's not highly rated or highly regarded, which makes it a big game, but someone's actually pretty good. And Georgia has cost all the stat the other day. Uh, Georgia's like, you know, they're going to finish something like nine and nine in the league or eight and 10, but they have covered the spread in, in like almost every game, not every game, but they have covered the spread in almost every game, which tells you they're better than their reputation. Uh, and like you said, the, the, the motivation is there for Georgia and probably isn't for Alabama. So for all those reasons, I get it. Uh, I'm going to go the other way, though. I think Alabama's going to win, and this is why Alabama scored 115 in the first matchup, and that tells me, uh, going back to that very word, matchup, maybe this is just the game where where the matchup's good for Alabama. You don't have to score 115 to win. You're probably fine if you score about 85. You're, you're probably going to win. And uh, I, I, think, uh, I think this might just be a good matchup for Alabama. And instead of playing hard and emotional, maybe they just have, play loose and have fun with it. I, I like Alabama to win, uh, but if Alabama loses, I, I certainly won't be surprised because it is the classic sandwich game between a real emotional, emotionally charged win and the next thing Alabama's doing is big. The next thing is the postseason. Jimmy, do you think that CBS had anything to do at all with the scheduling? Because it's so weird to me that Alabama goes through the entire year without playing A&M. A&M's available, and Alabama doesn't get to play A&M. I, the only rational thought that comes to my head about this is CBS is like, look, all right, Alabama can't play Kentucky because they've already played them twice. Um, they can't play Auburn. They've already played them twice. And Auburn doesn't have Shreve Cooper. Um, they can't play LSU. They've already played them twice. So, um, you know, they could play Florida – but we got we could do Florida Tennessee sort of two mid range tournament teams on Sunday. Okay, so who can Alabama play that's interesting at all? And it needs to be on the road. So you can't do Missouri again on the road. They choose Georgia. Now you say that there weren't many choices. That's true. There weren't a lot of choices. It could have been Vanderbilt for God's sakes. It wasn't. Yeah. It could. But it, it should have been A&M, the one team we hadn't played, who just happens to be the worst team in the conference now, now that Vanderbilt beat Cincinnati the other night. Um, 
I think a and the worst team in the conference, and they've only played about two and a half games. And, and we, don't get, we don't get them. Instead, we go to a Georgia team that's hungry as shit, and the only thing I can think is CBS played a role. That, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. I don't uh, discount that theory. I'm just not going to pretend to know. I, I don't know what went into it. No, no idea. Is it unfair to Alabama? Probably a little bit in the sense that Arkansas – is the team chasing Alabama and they get A&M at home <laughs> and, uh, and Alabama has to go on the road and play a pretty good team. So anybody that wants to get conspiracy minded about it, I get it. And, and I think that it is slightly unfair to Alabama, but that said, I'm sure it was complicated. And I think the SEC office does what they can to appear to not play favorites, but, but, I think some of these situations are just kind of impossible and I, I don't know what went into it. So I'm not going to pretend that I do, but anybody that says, Hey, this is CBS trying to get the best matchup possible. And it doesn't matter if it's unfair to Alabama. Uh, I don't disagree with that. I mean, that it's, because that's sort of, that's what we got. Right. So Alabama doesn't get to play and in, instead Alabama plays a pretty good team. So, uh, but that said, you know, could have been Florida, could have been playing Kentucky for a third time or or something even more outrageous. So it is what it is. And, uh, and hey, this is a fact. Uh, who's a better basketball team, Alabama or Georgia? Alabama. Okay, so go win the game. No, I, I agree with all that, too. I'm just saying it, it makes no sense that you go a basketball season without playing one of the members. It, yeah. it just doesn't make especially, sense. Now, especially since they're in the West. I mean, and I know we don't do it. East West and basketball, but they are a West team, and and those are that are rivals by definition. And uh, and and maybe A and M didn't play everybody besides us. I I don't know A and M schedule. Maybe they missed some other people too. But um, and so maybe for A and M they were going to miss somebody. But uh, I don't know. I just something about that sort of rubs me the wrong way. Now it doesn't matter because we've already clinched the league and all these good things. Yeah, I want to finish but sixteen and two though and match. Yeah. Wimp's best. yeah, me too. I want to match Wimp's best SEC record. Because if you match it, then you can definitely claim, hey, we're, this is the best regular season in SEC in Alabama's history. Because uh, we matched the best record, and it was harder to do it now than it was then. That That's what you could argue. Um, so I, well, it's I would not only harder. It's not only harder because of the competition and the number of teams. It's also harder because we went through a damn pandemic. <laughs> then throw that in yeah, throw that in there all right jimmy let's take a break when we come back uh we'll just talk a little hodgepodge all right jimmy for this final segment um todd mcshay came out with his mock draft uh i know practice is in two weeks spring practice starts in two weeks but we're not going to talk about that right this minute um todd mcshay comes out with his mock draft and um he's got mac jones going he's the fifth quarterback taken but he's taking it like I don't know where San Francisco pick. Where I think they had them going to San Francisco at mm-hmm. eleven or twelve or something like that, which would be, you know, a good landing spot for him if you ask me. Well, uh, I've already heard. I, I I don't know about that McShay uh, mock. I haven't seen it, but uh, it's not the first projection that I've heard that has Mac going to San Francisco. I've heard NFL experts that would know more than me say that uh, Mac Jones is is the perfect quarterback fit in what Kyle Shanahan does. Uh, Shanahan runs an offense where you – because know, because clearly, hey, one thing that differentiates Mac from the other four first-round quarterbacks, let's be honest, those other four guys are running around pretty good. I mean, Trevor, 
Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson are all really highly athletic guys, and Mac is a traditional drop-back pocket passer. So Mac's not going to fit into every offense in the NFL because some offenses have just completely committed to, hey, we want an offensive RPO guy. Just to use one example, I mean, the Cardinals right now. Now, of course, Kyler Murray's their quarterback, but Cliff Kingsbury is their coach. It's kind of hard to imagine the Cardinals doing anything but having a a, a very uh, mobile, athletic quarterback. So Mac's not going to fit into 32 offenses, uh, but apparently the 49ers offense is a really good fit for him. Uh, They're probably in the market for a young first-round quarterback. So that makes a lot of sense. And then he also had Najee Harris going to Pittsburgh, which I I love that right there. I mean, that seems that seems pretty natural. I mean, because Pittsburgh's never had the burner-type running back. They've always had a little bit more of a bruiser, and I wouldn't put Najee in the bruiser category, but it, he's probably closer to a bruiser and he has a, a burner, right. right? That's exactly right. And, you know, the best thing I could say about Najee going to Pittsburgh, and uh, I'm sure some of our listeners are Steelers fans, which is great, and it's just a compliment. Uh, why I would be excited about Najee going to Pittsburgh is they win. They win every year, and, and and I know they're not in the Super Bowl or in the AFC Championship enough to where it makes their fans happy, but the Steelers win. The Steelers just they never seem they 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 never seem to be one of those five and eleven teams or six and ten teams. They're perennially in the playoffs and perennially good, and and for those for that reason alone, I would be excited for Najee to go to Pittsburgh. Not to say I have the highest, uh, I also have the highest amount of respect for Mike Tomlin, who I think is one of the great coaches in the NFL. And finally, Jimmy, I mean, I guess we got to bring this up because it's just, I mean, could shit down in LSU get any worse? I mean, man, they are in a quagmire. I mean, literally and figuratively. I mean, they are literally in a swamp. They're, they're in quagmire. Giggity. Well, and, and they're in trouble for some quagmire-type shit, if you're familiar with Family Guy, too. Um, but, but Les Miles, apparently and, – and, you know, look, nobody's saying he's 100% guilty. None, none of that. But if, but if you're asking me, does Les Miles seem like the kind of dude who would very oddly come on to a good-looking student um, co-ed, my answer is going to be yes. And I think because even if he wasn't coming on to her – it may feel like he's coming on to her because every time Les Miles talk, you don't know what the hell he's talking about. And so you don't know if he's coming on to you, if he's cussing you out. You don't know what's happening. He's talking about he's eating grass. He's talking about uh, all kinds of bullshit. I mean, so, who is candidate Who is candidate number one to say something wrong, other than us, other than me and you? Who is candidate number one to say something totally wrong in front of you know, a young college girl, Les Miles. I mean, I mean he, I, he, can, I'm not surprised in that, in that sense. I'm not surprised at all. Even if he didn't mean it in the most pure, you know, purient way. I mean, even if he didn't mean it to come across like he's Burt Reynolds and Boogie Nights, uh, even if he didn't mean it that way, uh, it, it could easily come across that way because Les doesn't know how to talk right. I, I, that's what I think. I think he said he probably did something that was misconstrued, but and he's he's vehemently denying things. And I mean, I guess he has no choice. <laughs> I mean, who's ever been accused? 
accused of some kind of sexual harassment goes, oh, yeah, that, that's exactly how that shit went down. <laughs> nobody's ever done that. Oh, yeah, I was harassing the piss out of her. No, nobody's well, ever is, done that. Les is the one guy. It's so conceivable that he could talk to four college girls and say, hey, why don't y'all come over and uh, let's get a soak. Let's all get in the hot tub. And, <laughs> and he, and he means it. Yeah. He, he and would mean nothing by it other than he's like, well, you know, college kids like a good soak. These kids are in college; they don't have access to hot tubs. I got one. I I do much. They can they can use mine. We can get in there. I'll tell football stories. They'll love it. And and he didn't mean anything wrong by it. It was just absolutely the wrong thing to say. That sounds like something exactly Les Miles would do. So <laughs> so, so I don't know anything about anything. I think we should just stick to the original point is they have a total shit show going on down there. And I'm not saying it because I'm some sort of rival and that I root for LSU's demise. I sort of like it when LSU's good because I think that's Alabama LSU rivalry when it was good and both teams are great. Man, there's been some killer football games played between the two teams with a lot of national attention. Uh, I'm not rooting for LSU's demise, but man, they got one freaking mess after another. And somehow, some way, they're still recruiting pretty well. Ah, you have to think it's you have to think it's a house of cards. I mean, it really is hard to follow how many mistakes that they've made and the powers that be have made uh throughout this entire process. And now you just you know, lump this less mile shit right on top of the pile of dookie they have, and it's sort of like, yeah, it's just just put it on top. You know, we'll get to it. Um, okay, okay, but you know, this is a big deal, right? And and not only that, see, LSU did the worst thing possible, apparently, to me. Now, maybe from a legal standpoint, you can correct me, but it sounds like what LSU said. LSU kind of. Uh, admitted like, yeah, there were some allegations about Les Miles. And so, you know what we told Les Miles? We took a hard stance and said, hey, Les, quit doing that stupid shit. And so that's great. But when you take a stance like that, it's the it's worse than saying, you know what, we just don't believe the girl. We just don't believe any of these girls. We don't believe them. We're going to stand behind our coach. I can respect that, even though I think it's wrong. I can respect that you took a stance. You, you basically said, okay, Les, you did something pretty terrible at a time when, you know, Me Too movements just getting off the ground and all this other shit. You, you've been kind of a, a sleazeball. And so just be a little less sleazy. You know, yeah, invite them over for the hot tub, but don't go in for the kiss immediately. You know, butter them up or something. <laughs> you know, there's a, a simple legal concept. Uh, some people might appreciate this because this is a law school thing that we're taught, uh, and this concept carries across numerous legal theories. It's not just one, but, but you know, you can call it the one bite rule when it comes to a dog. And that is generally the common law rule in, in the United States, generally, unless there's a specific statute that says otherwise. But generally the rule is if you have a dog and he's a good dog and one day he gets out of the house and he bites the, the, the postal carrier, uh, and the dog's never bitten anyone before. He's never shown himself to be a danger to anyone, but somehow the dog gets out and he bites the postal carrier. Generally, 
you're not responsible for that. You're not responsible for the actions of a pet that you had no reason to believe is dangerous. Because how would you, why, why would anyone think that dog would bite anybody? Never has. Now, example B, your dog has bitten people in the past and he gets out and he bites some little kid and the kid has to have surgery and, and, and loses an eye. You're damn right you're responsible because you had reason to know your dog would do that and you didn't take the proper precautions to keep the public safe from your dog. It's the same concept as it relates to less and the response is, gosh, you know, when you hear about it and you do nothing, now LSU's on the hook when he does it again because they knew or should have known that it could happen and they did nothing about it. So to me, that's why legally you have to tread so carefully when you're made aware of potential transgressions because Maybe you don't want to fire him then, but now you're on notice. Now you're on notice it's a thing. And now if something happens again and you get sued, you might have to add a couple zeros to the check. Because so much about the law and lawsuits is what is reasonably foreseeable. So there's your, there's your law and, lesson but here's, today. And here's my thing, though, Jimmy, okay? All right. So... It doesn't sound like any of these girls, any of these accusers are saying Les forced himself on them, except for the one that apparently, you know, either kissed him or he went in for a kiss or something. It, 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 her story, I don't know if that's true. Um, but if, if nothing happened, yep. like if she just felt uncomfortable, it, it, I'm just having a hard time understanding, like, is she right. do right. anything? And and this is probably for another podcast. I'm just like, if Les forced himself on somebody, yeah, oh yeah. And if it happened, especially if it happened multiple times, yeah, LSU's got to pay. I, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. But it sounds like, again, LSU, I mean, not LSU, Les Miles is just horrible at flirting and or just making conversation. <laughs> I think when you're dealing with Les, that's a very... I, again, I, I, I actually, my opinion of, I know I've, I've read this stuff like everyone else and I've heard it today. And this is just me. Everybody else can have it. My opinion of Les Miles didn't change much today. It's, it's no. very easy for me to buy. It's, it's very easy for me to buy that Les wasn't expressing himself clearly. Now, would I be shocked to hear that, you know, a proper nickname for him is Lester the Molester? Would I be shocked? No. No, because we, we should never be shocked when when we hear of something like that. But I'm just saying, I, I read or heard nothing that made me 100% believe Les isn't goofy, he's evil. Uh, I still think Les is largely pretty, just pretty goofy. Well, a couple of things. First of all, uh, what an unfortunate name for him to have and be accused of sexual harassment. <laughs> if you name a child Lester... Then you you're basically saying okay you can never hit on somebody the wrong way ever I mean like or you or need to do it all the time just to fit the name I mean you can't you can't be named Lester and not be called Lester the Molester at the first sign that you do anything sexually harassing the other thing the other thing I need to say uh you know and I wish I had to, we didn't even get a program this year for the HSA stuff. Uh, we just I had to run off all the pages for the kids playing. And in fact, it was so funny for Calhoun's lineup. I'm pretty sure 
they used last year's roster because none of the numbers added up and and three quarters of the people weren't on the team like i was looking on the computer with what who's on the team and and i was like these they don't even have jd davidson's number right i mean they have nothing right well one there was uh one of the things i love to uh to see every year at the hsa when the program is there's always some 1a girls team that has five different stacys and they spell it five different ways and then there's always some other team that has uh, several other names that just jump off the page at you. Um, but there was one, and I can't remember her last name. I, I'm going to say Smith. It's not Smith, but I can't remember what it is. But her first name is I Am Unique. I, A-M, then Unique, all together. And <laughs> I was thinking, you have you have basically said this girl's got to be something. You have, right from birth, this girl's got to do something. Because if her if your name is I am unique and like you're just an accountant like middle level accountant I mean people are gonna be like what a misnomer you know <laughs> I guess that was the point I guess that was I, mom's I mean, point the day the day of the set, birth set the bar high that that's the name of the brother set the bar high. <laughs> no I don't know but uh, I just thought that was like that's the name of the tournament right there that's it that's the name so it is a good she one she wins solid um all right buddy. Let's beat, this, and, uh, let's, let's, let's beat Georgia and finish 16 and 2. I'm right there with you. We'll do a podcast after Georgia, my man. Roll, Roll time. time.